and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Deborah Reese. Deborah is a clinical nurse specialist and certified clinical aromatherapist. She has been in the medical field for over 40 years with a career path in medical, surgical, and critical care nursing. Now she combines all of her teaching philosophy into a combination of science-backed research ancient energetic wisdom, and practical firsthand experience. I'm so excited for you to tune in and listen to this firecracker. Deb is a powerhouse. She is an exemplar of what it means to be consistent, driven, and creative as an entrepreneur. Please enjoy this episode. Deb, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the invitation, um, I'm very excited to be here, Casey. Thank you. Yeah, I'm thrilled. So my goodness, you have been practicing for 40 years as a clinical nurse specialist and a clinical certified aromatherapist. So first off, thank you for your service and kudos to you for your dedication. And I'm just so very curious what's got you so passionate about integrating healing presence, especially in stressful situations. Well, uh, yes, thank you, Casey. I I just um, have really enjoyed my journey as as a as a nurse and being a clinical nurse specialist, and has really my journey has opened up these supportive therapy or holistic type experiences. And on on my journey, I discovered that you know this is really a part of what nursing is about, as an example. Um, And I found that it was really missing, something that was missing within our patient care delivery. And it's not that we're not wanting to do it or that we're not interested in doing holistic types of therapies, but time is is an issue. And how we do this within a, a whole plan of what needs to get done in our day has been always somewhat stressful. And it really started to open my eyes as far as, you know, as, as health providers, we are dealing with a lot of our own stress. And sometimes because our focus is on helping others, we kind of push that under the rug. You know, we're, we're easy to kind of shove that away because when we're not at work, then maybe we're at home and we're taking care of those at home as well. So, you know, that, that self-care for our, for our own personal well-being kind of gets pushed aside. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Did you have a personal experience that brought you to this in the beginning? I did. You know, I was a critical care nurse, so I I loved it back in the, you know, I was just like excitement in the trenches, you know, and it just was very, got my juices flowing, you know, all that. And I distinctly remember being in the, on the unit and just saying to myself, there's got to be something more than this. You know, I felt very competent in taking care of the patient, putting the pieces back together, so to speak. 
but I just felt we were, I was missing something in my practice. And, you know, they, like they say, when you put that question out there, somehow the universe brings the, the answers to you. And I, I got something in the mail about an energy work, um, therapeutic touch. And then that led me to healing touch. And soon the doors started to really open up and all of these different modalities, you mentioned the aromatherapy and and moving into that uh, certification process has just really, um, really opened up experiences, not only for myself, but now being able to share those with that, my patients and with my colleagues. Yeah, I love that. I have the chills. I can feel your excitement. And I just feel like you're absolutely right. When we open that door, when we approach something with a curious mindset, the universe answers that call. And then it's like this ripple effect, like, oh my goodness, like what else, what else, what else? And I know that that you've added a tremendous amount to your knowledge base, which is really a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I'm curious, how does utilizing essential oils in a clinical setting differ from general aromatherapy? Oh, well, you, you have many policies and, and following, you know, the guidelines of your organization is really important, but, you know, knowing what is the reason or the intention for bringing aromatherapy into your setting. I right now am practicing in a cancer setting. So we have to look at what is, what is the way that, what, how do we want to bring in that aromatherapy? And so we thought we really wanted to focus on inhalation. Mm-hmm. And so what ways could we do that? And there's actually a lot of ways you can do inhalation. Yes, there's diffusing, but you know, there's putting an oil on a tissue. There is putting a blend on a tissue or a cotton ball. Maybe putting something in an, inha- in an inhaler mm-hmm. is a way that you could, you know, you can use it. So that really opened up a lot of things for us, but we felt that was in our situation was going to be very safe for us to do. It wasn't using things topically. And that was something we were concerned about with radiation and chemotherapy, knowing skin changes can happen. We really wanted to stick with more of inhalation and, you know, you can get, it is the quickest way to get results. You know, you can inhale an aroma for nausea and really calm that, that, digestion system down quickly. You can inhale something like lavender for anxiety or somebody who is really having a, maybe a episode where they're claustrophobic now on the, on the table with the radiation treatment. And you can use this with some deep breathing and very quickly alleviate the, that concern and do the treatment. So you're not, you know, you're not um, prolonging any kind of treatment or length of stay. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. And, you know, the, it's just so inspiring the amount of lives that are being changed and the improvement Mm -hmm. in the quality of their life. And to your point about safety in a clinical setting, I think that, you know, we're as, as aromatherapists, we're always looking at safety, but in a compromised community with those that are, um, you know, facing the challenge of navigating cancer I can see we're really having that top of mind is that much more of a, of an important factor. Right. And that's very different than when you're doing it. Like you mentioned, what's the difference. It's very different than doing it in my own personal life where I might be using things more topical or in my bath. And, and I'm not necessarily thinking about, okay, I already know what my, my system can, can manage and handle. So I don't have to think so much about 
those safety considerations that I would with somebody who has not only a condition on board, but they might be on different medications that can have interactions with the aromatherapy or the essential oil. So knowing those, those elements is going to be very important as part of a plan for someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Deb, why is it an upward trend? We're hearing this more often. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious about your expert opinion because you're the one that's in the trenches. Um, Why is it an upward trend that we're seeing healthcare and clinical settings, even hospice and long-term care, bringing in complementary and alternative modalities? Yeah, I I think it, it this is really the time. And you know, those of us who have been in this this world of holistic therapies, supportive therapies, I mean, we have known this has been a really it really is an important part of a plan, but it really hasn't always been looked at that way by, you know, other other people in the field. It's kind of nice to have and yes, it might help, but it's not really necessary. Well, I think that tide is shifting, that is changing. And the reason is um, not only the, the um, patients, you know, the, the, lay, the, the lay people and even the media is saying, what else can we do? And I want something else to help me feel whole, to feel better than just doing the surgery and removing something, you know, but what can I do to, to get myself back in balance? But also now we're finding that the accreditation bodies are requesting and they are asking, what else are you doing besides giving pharmaceuticals Mm, for, for pain management? That's a huge issue right now. And with the pandemic, it's actually gotten worse. Mm -hmm. And so it is something that we are really kind of like now, now I'm seeing units and and other areas of um, hospitals and other organizations kind of scampering to find those tools to help them look at what other alternatives, what other kinds of solutions do we have besides a pharmaceutical to relieve pain. And we have, and we know we have a lot, you know, we have a lot of um, modalities, we have a lot that we can do, but what else and how do we incorporate that and do it as part of a plan and do it quickly yet efficiently as part of uh, our day. Yeah. It's about time. I'm so Mm -hmm. excited. I can't wait for this to really, you know, I feel like the roots have been um, starting to be established, but now it's like, we're going to see this flourishing. We're going to see this blossoming and it, and it really becoming not just alternative quote unquote, but really mainstay expected, just an integral part of the plan, like you mentioned. And um, I know that we're all ready for that and it's super exciting. So thank you for spearheading this movement because I think it's, you know, so very crucial, not only for the patients, but also for the caregivers. As you mentioned earlier, they're in desperate need of stress relief as well. So I know that part of your superpowers is calming the chaos in five minutes or less. Could you give us just a little taste of what an experience of that would look like? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So uh, how about a breathing exercise? How does that sound? Awesome. All right. So I invite you to get comfortable in your chair and just... Let your eyes be closed or soft and just settle in with your breath. Let your mind and your emotions come to quiet and your spirit relaxes. 
Bringing your awareness to your breath, I invite you to breathe in to a count of three or four, whatever feels right for you. And as you breathe out, do that to the same count. Now, as you breathe in, let the breath come in through the nose to your count and let the breath come out through the mouth to that same count. And as you breathe, let your lips be parted with the breath in through your nose to your count. and out through the mouth to the same count. Parting your lips relaxes your jaw, your neck, and the rest of your body will follow. Do one more round in through your nose to your count, lips parted. Out through your mouth to the same count. And when you're ready, softly, gently, let your eyes become open coming back slowly to this, to this setting. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Ah, you're welcome. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with a place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey, just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance. I'll catch you there. It's amazing how that mindful intention washes over and changes your vibration and calms your nervous system. I love that. Thank you so much for providing that experience. And, 
you know, whether we are caring for clients or patients or our family or ourselves, we're all caregivers in this world. And we need that time to just silence our mind and calm our nervous system. So I encourage the listeners to come back to this moment and really listen to that. You have such a soothing voice. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, you do bring up a great point too about, you know, we are all caregivers and I think that uh, finding those tools, we all are busy lives. And again, with the pandemic, you know, things have changed in in our homes, in our home settings as well. So um, taking that time for yourself, even a five minute time period for you is definitely enough to bring balance and peace and feel the joy back into your whole system. 100%. I already feel that it was a powerful um, opportunity to just shift and reset. Yes. Agreed. It's a great reset. You're right. So Deb, what is the biggest stumbling block to bringing in a supportive therapy program and how do you overcome it? Well, I think the, one of the stumbling blocks has been the, the serious, taking it serious by those who might be making those decisions of, of yes, you can bring in this program. But as, as mentioned, I believe that is softening a bit because we, if we can go back to, hey, we need to do this now, we, we are being asked to provide other resources than, you know, than pharmaceuticals or regular you know, therapy kinds of treatments that we normally see in the hospital or, or clinical kind of setting. So I think we have that as a good background, but also there is becoming a lot more evidence. There's a lot more science out there that supports the therapies that we are doing in a supportive therapy program or holistic kind of therapies. So there are are more um, research that we can bring in and we should be bringing that in. If we're bringing in a new program, that's what people want to want to hear. That's what administration, the medical system wants to wants to know. What is that supporting evidence? How is it being used? And we do have some of that available now. We have some national guidelines in in many cases for different therapies. And I think using those using those tools is something very important to bring in. And absolutely, it's going to help you overcome that hurdle. And then offering it maybe as a as bringing it in small, start small steps, bringing it in like to one department, maybe a little bit of a pilot, you know, that you want to do for a program with a specific patient population is going to be a perfect way to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that um, science is bringing in that research, that evidence. They're bringing in case studies with um, showing lower pain scores by bringing in essential oils. And, and that, you know, there's, that kind of aspect can really, like, as you said, soften administration. It all, you know, like when science is there, it's a really wonderful, solid foundation to build a new program upon. So awesome. Mm-hmm. I know that you've traveled to Australia and Singapore. You've been published. You share your message all over the world. And I'm wondering what has been the most inspiring to you personally? Oh, with my travel? Yeah, with your travel. I mean, you've just, you've, you've done so much. I know when I first read your CV, my mouth was like, literally, I had to like pick my jaw up off the floor. And I was just like, I, you know, I wonder like, what, what have you seen? Like what personal story have you seen? That's just been like heart melting. Oh my, I think, um, 
the the biggest heartwarming stories have been those little moments where you see this big aha on a person's face, whether it be a healing aha or a message that they get for their own self-awareness. Um, I think the the one message that, or the one story that comes to me was, you know, a woman who, because uh, I, I do the movement therapies as well, that's part of our our supportive therapy program. And, and she had a very, very competitive woman, but had that, um, had a double mastectomy. And so when we were doing the NIA or the movement therapy research, she, uh, I would go through different movements with the, with the participants. And so one was the shimmy with the shoulders mm. and, and she wanted to, she was going gung ho with any movement that I gave her. And so she went gung ho with that shimmy of her shoulders and all of a sudden froze. Mm. And that awareness of, Oh my gosh, my body is different. And, and I think when we are injured or we've have a, a concern, we really can do very well with ignoring it. Mm-hmm. All right, we can ignore different areas of our body, our mind, and, and just say, nope, that's, that's okay. I'm okay. And when we are doing different things like movement or breathing, and, you know, breathing, even with the breathing exercise and really becoming quiet and making ourselves into that, getting into that self-awareness, we really start to understand that's where healing begins. We have to have that inner awareness and that self-awareness of, oh, and, and come to that, what can I do now to, to move into that healing place? Don't ignore it, move forward with it and make it part of my plan. That's so true. that was a very, very, um, and it was a very good experience for me to, to actually see that, to actually be a witness to that was so um, inspiring for me, but it was also, it was a very like sacred moment almost, you know, to see that. I I feel that sacred moment. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like how personally deep, I think that a lot of people can relate to the point that you made when we have a trauma, when there's an injury, when there's been some kind of loss or, or even a broken, you know, body part, um, it's, it is easy to stuff it down and just keep pushing forward and to cope. So Mm -hmm. I love the fact that the supportive therapies that you're bringing in will stimulate that mindfulness because awareness is step one. And then through that awareness, we can have acceptance and healing. So I absolutely love that. That's really beautiful. And I know that's going to resonate with a lot of the listeners. So interestingly enough, I've had the personal pleasure of working with you for almost a year. Yeah. And over that time, I mean, you have been so consistent, dedicated, and driven. I'm very curious if you could share with the listeners how you balance it all, working full-time as a nurse. Um, running your business as a solopreneur, creating an amazing signature program that has your whole life's work wrapped up in it, being a wife, being a mom, being a grandmom, (laughs) and having time for joyful movement. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'll, you know, connect with you and you're like, oh, I'm just finishing a workout. Oh, I just, you know, had a wonderful, you know, Nia session. I'm like, how does she do it all? So Deb, 
share with us your magic formula. How do you do it all? Well, I I do have I do practice what I preach, you know. So I I really start my day with with getting myself grounded and and really looking at what do I need, you know, getting into my meditation. So even if it's only five minutes, I really do that practice and it helps me to okay, get centered, get focused. How do we how how is my day going today? And setting that intention. But I I do. I am really pretty tight with a schedule. You know, I mean, I do keep a, a schedule and all right, this is where I'm going to maybe do work on my program, you know, this this amount of time. This day is is blocked because I'm at the hospital working. And then, you know, taking time and I usually set like, okay, after dinner, maybe I, I do a little work, but then at like seven o'clock or six thirty, okay, that that is personal time and, you know, time with family, grandchildren, making calls to other, you know, friends or something of that nature, but doing that time for, for, for my benefit and for my own self-care. And, and so, yeah, but it, it does, it does take a little bit of um, practice getting, uh, getting into a, a, a schedule. And even, I think also something that is helpful is making a list and I, I'm a kind of a list maker, but, you know, okay, what are the top two, three things that I really need to get done today? And, and then how much time am I going to have to block out for that? So again, allowing yourself flexibility because their life happens and you may not get it. Don't put yourself down because if you don't get to it, just put it for the next day. Yeah. So I it's that. That, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, it's a winning formula. You are living proof that it works and it, it does allow you to win the day. And what I hear is prioritizing self-care, including family, because that sounds like mm-hmm. really your morning and your evening ritual where you have those bookends. Right. And then structure and boundaries. And mm-hmm. above all, the frosting and the kind of the, the linchpins, if you will, is discipline. Yeah. And we get to decide. We're the only ones that get to decide that discipline and having fluidity so we can still mm-hmm. have joy. But mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. And uh, yeah, and it works. It's working. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so <laughs> it's awesome. So Deb, what do you see happening in the field of healthcare in 2021 and beyond? I do believe that programs like supportive therapy programs, looking at those other resources, I really see it's happening now. It, I mean, I'm getting the questions, I'm getting the phone calls now. What can we do? How do we do it? Because it's one thing to know you need it, but how do you do that? And that's where I'm seeing a lot of questions and a lot of maybe um, anxiety even, like, okay, we got to get this, we got to get it, we got to get this in. How do we do it? And how do we get the education for our staff? But then how do we do the next step of implementing it in our setting? So it's kind of, you know, it's several steps to get a program together and in place and selecting the right program that you want, you know, in your department. So I think we are going to be seeing more of this. And I believe that as, as we step up to that, that challenge, then I believe we're going to see even perhaps more guidelines coming down as far as what uh, what kinds of things should be. And, and again, the safety guidelines as far as practicing these, these therapies within the clinical setting 
and what's working with our, with our patient population and what they're dealing with. Right now, I would say pain is one of the biggest issues that, that we're dealing with um, and that is being looked at. Mm-hmm. But in, for staff, for, for health providers, I believe the biggest issue is mental health and Absolutely. our stress, you know, our stress levels. So if we can find those therapies, like you mentioned, we have to learn them. And if we can learn them and use them for ourselves, then that just makes us better advocates for our patients. And that's really what it's about. Absolutely. 100%. We have to embody it and experience it before Mm -hmm. we can teach it. And it was almost like that ripple effect of follow the leader, you know, and then it just kind of, you know, stimulates that even to the family, because there's a lot of grief, there's a lot of challenge, you know, it's a year into COVID and there's, you know, a, a lot of even compassion fatigue going on, you know, there's a lot going on. So I think that there's a lot of power in this. I'm thrilled for your signature program, STEP, which is Supportive Therapies Engagement Program. So you have developed something to answer the call to solve the challenge and really provide a step-by-step-by-step program that can be implemented um, for units and also have staff benefits. So Mm -hmm. I'm so thrilled for listeners that want to learn more about you and your program. Where can they find you? Well, I do have a website and they can find me at, it's my name, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A and my last name, R-E-I-S.com. Awesome. And it's probably the best way to connect with me and my email and things like that are going to be available for them. Awesome. And I want to also just say that if the listeners enjoyed that beautiful breathing exercise and they felt some peace that you also have some more free resources on your site that help calm the chaos in five minutes or less. So definitely um, check that out. And Deb, first of all, thank you so much for the work that you do. You truly are a lighthouse. You shine bright and people feel that warmth and that radiance. So I really do want to bow down to you and lift you up for that. Absolutely. (laughs) And if you wanted to leave some bright light wisdom before we wrap up, what would you like to share? Well, I, I really, I I have this quote, right? Like almost staring at me. And I think it's a great one to share with, with the listeners. And I don't know the author it, it, but that goes like this, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Hmm. And I think that speaks to me, like, go for it. And, And for the listeners, go for it, go for what your heart's desire is. Uh, because you're gonna, you're going to make it, make it a better place. No matter where you land, it's going to be better for you, and it's going to be better for others. Awesome, awesome, and amen. I love it. <laughs> 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 Careful, Deb. Thank you so much. Until you, we you. meet again, breathe joy. Yes, thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.